Oh, how are we doing? <laughs> Did you like that breath? It was a real whew, reset. Uh, just for something different this week, uh, I've been driving my family a little crazy, right? Just for something different, uh, especially over the last few days. Are there any F1 fans in the room? Anyone watch Formula One couple? Who does not care about Formula One one little bit? Please stay with me for the next, I don't know, 20 minutes. No, no, next few minutes. Uh, hey, Dad's out. Uh, now, now, Formula One, has anyone watched the Drive to, to Survive series at all? Drive to Survive uh, has definitely helped grow the supporter base of Formula One over the last couple of years. It's a fantastic series if you want to watch. If you're not interested in Formula One, uh, Susie will testify to say that she cares about it now because she watched the series, right? Uh, but I've always, I've actually always loved F1. You can ask my parents. I've always enjoyed watching uh, Formula One. Nigel Mansell, does anyone remember Nigel Mansell was my favourite driver as a, as a kid? I think it was his moustache that I loved. Uh, anyway, this week, I've, I, especially the last few days, driven, especially my kids, crazy who have wanted to watch the TV, and I've told them no, because Formula One testing was on this weekend. Now, when I say Formula One testing, you probably think, ah, oh, a couple of hours. There are two four-hour sessions a day, and I can tell you that I've watched most of it. <laughs> I've at least had it on, or I've at least skipped through a replay of those testing. So that's three days of eight hours. What could I have done in my life? It's okay, I'm multitasked. No, I didn't. Um, but I love it. I, I've loved F1. I, I'm excited this season. We have a, a young Australian who's just kind of entered it. Jacob's not a fan, but I watched him win F2. I seriously watched F2 that season to see Oscar Piastri. He's absolute champion. We'll see. Anyway, so that's why I'm watching it. But um. I love watching the telecast when they don't go from the, you know, like you watch F1 and you see the cars go by and you go, oh, I guess they're going fast. But then they go to the onboard camera. Have you ever seen that? The onboard camera and you, is anyone mind blown when they see how quick those cars actually are? And I, um, I, and I love watching it. And just thinking, one day, one day maybe I might get to go that fast. Yeah? Does anyone know what I'm talking about? I feel like it's just, I, I watch and I go, oh, I'm going to go that fast. I, I, I want to go fast, just like Ricky Bobby. I, like, I want to go fast. My dream job, if I ever get asked, what's your dream job? My, my dream job is to be an F1 driver. Yeah? If someone asks me, um, my boys ask me all the time, they're like, what would you prefer, Dad, you know, to be an NBA player or, you know, NFL player? And I say, F1 driver every single day. I love, uh, I love, go. does anyone love go-karting? Go-karting is as close to F1 as I'm ever going to get. So I just got to enjoy it when I get a chance. Uh, but I love watching uh, the testing and the races because... You see drivers pushing cars, pushing their cars, the, the, the brakes, the tyres to the absolute limits of what, what they can do, right? 
My confession to you this morning, how's this? I've confessed two weeks in a row while preaching. My confession to you is that I spent a lot of my summer playing a computer game. Not computer games, one game. I, uh, yeah, was that a brute? Uh, I played Gran Turismo for hours and hours over summer. Uh, thank you to Paul Mundy who lent me his steering wheel and racing setup. We had this whole setup. It was, Susie hated it. It's such a big thing. Susie also is sure that's why I got vertigo was because I'd played <laughs> weeks. Uh, it wasn't. Come on. Uh, but, but the good thing in playing a game is I can test the limits of the car and what's the worst that's going to happen? I don't know, I'll lose the game and uh, vertigo, (laughs) a bit of vertigo. Uh, But in an F1 car, who knows, that limit has real consequences too, doesn't it? You push the limit too far and lives are in danger. Um, And... And I just love, yeah, watching that idea of pushing the limits. Well, now for something completely different. Uh, now that I've just got that off my chest, it's just because I've been watching it for a few days. We are, we're going to look and I want to share a story from Luke's gospel this morning. How's that for a transition? Yeah, we're going to share a story from Luke's gospel this morning, looking at Luke 5, starting at verse 12 to 16. If you have a Bible handy, Nate's going to try and get it up on the screen for me. Um, but Luke 5, starting at verse 12 to 16. Now this is, this is just after Jesus has called his disciples. It's early on in his ministry. Verse 12, in one of the villages, Jesus met a man with an advanced case of leprosy. When the man saw Jesus, he bowed with his face to the ground, begging to be healed. Lord, he said, if you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean. Jesus reached out and touched him. I am willing, he said, be healed. And instantly the leprosy disappeared. Then Jesus instructed him not to tell anyone what had happened. He said, go to the priest and let him examine you. Take along the offering required in the law of Moses for those who have been healed of leprosy. This will be a public testimony that you have been cleansed. But despite Jesus' instruction, the report of the power spread even faster and vast crowds came to hear him and preach and to be healed of their diseases. But Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. Let's pray together and then unpack uh, this scripture. God, you are great and good and we've sung of your goodness. Uh, God, we've prayed that you might build our faith a little bit this morning, that we might be able to receive all that you have for us as we gather together. Uh, God, just guide uh, my words, guide our minds and our hearts as we hear your word, as we take it in, as we believe it and we receive it. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, We might get a chance to keep talking about F1 a little bit later, but first, we're going to look at this passage, and it's one that we've looked at before as a church. Um, I look back at, you know, on SoundCloud, and we looked at this story maybe six months ago together. It's an amazing story, And, uh, and I just think it's worth us quickly looking at a little bit of context Uh, We hear the word leprosy, but we need to kind of fully understand what leprosy 
might be. Uh, like I said, this story happens just straight after Jesus calls his first disciples. Um, firstly, in this story, uh, we really just yeah need to know what leprosy is. Now, uh, does anyone kind of know what leprosy is? I was going to show a bunch of pictures, and then I was like, nah, let's not do that this morning. Uh, but but leprosy is a it's a skin disease. It starts off as a skin disease that that affects mainly mainly just the skin, but it also then kind of carries into your nervous system, particularly like your peripheral nerves, the things kind of you know the tips of your fingers and things on your face that kind of hang off ears, nose, ears, nose. There we go. Uh, it um. It's, it's noticeable because you, you get these sores on your skin or there's kind of scales almost looking on your skin. Lots of bumps. When I looked up the pictures, which I looked at for about five seconds and I was like, that's not a good idea. Um, yeah, lots of like bumpy, big bumps on, on skin. Now, you may have heard, you know, if you grew up a bit older, there were jokes about leprosy and think parts you know, falling off of people and and things. Well, that's kind of not how it worked. When you got leprosy, it's not like suddenly, you know, your nose just dropped off or your fingers dropped off. But what would happen is you would lose feeling in those bits of your body. And so you were more prone to to hurt those things. You're more prone to kind of, you know, nick your finger on something. And then because you didn't feel it, well, then it would become infected and then you would end up with some serious problems. So what used to happen is quite often you'd have to get parts of your body amputated if you had leprosy because it would affect it so much. Now, leprosy, despite what we hear in the Bible and, uh, uh, and maybe what we know, leprosy isn't actually that contagious. Uh, it, it's not... It's not something that if you just touch someone with leprosy, you would, you would get it immediately. Um, but it really does seem to affect those in poorer community and those living in, in really close proximity and maybe not the most hygienic circumstances. The only way kind of to be safe from contracting it, especially if we go back a bit more ancient, was to just stay away from people with leprosy. That was, that was pretty common. And so what would happen is that you would usually set up quarantine camps, places away from the main society, out of cities, uh, where people with leprosy would, would go and hang, go and live. You were excluded from normal society. You, you became an outcast. Uh, and... And to be honest, leprosy still exists today. There's still cases of leprosy and it's still treated almost in the same way. There there is an active treatment for leprosy now. Can I tell you the the only real working kind of way for leprosy, the only working cure, sorry, for leprosy was really only kind of around from 1980. So, So for lots and lots of years, leprosy was seen as an incurable disease. In this context that we look at uh, in Scripture, if, if, you, uh, if you had leprosy, you were declared unclean. Now, being declared unclean meant that you couldn't be around others, for one. 
Uh, but you had to wear ripped clothes. You, you had to uh, yell unclean whenever you were approaching someone who didn't have leprosy. Who knows? That must have been awful. To get leprosy in the first place, awful, right? Second, to be excluded. To have to like literally wear torn clothes and just yell to the people around, unclean, unclean, must have been horrific. You weren't allowed to touch anyone. And like I said, leprosy had no cure. It was seen as a, as a curse by society. There was Levitical law in place on how to deal with it. It was, it was seen as incurable. So knowing this, oh, are you up to speed? We get it. It's a pretty bleak picture, isn't it? Knowing this, how cool is it in this story that Jesus not only stops and he, and he hears the man's plea, like, like even to just stop and hear the man. But then we see something amazing, don't we? What does Jesus do? The man pleads with him and Jesus reaches out. He touches the man. Now, I'm, I'm sure this morning that Jesus could have just said to the man, you're healed, right? He could have done that. And we know that the man was, would probably have been healed instantaneously as well. But this is a man who hasn't had someone touch him for who knows how long. Can you imagine the impact of actually Jesus reaching out, making contact, putting his hand on him and saying, you are healed. The dignity and contact for the man, but also, also remember the shock for those who were around and witnessing this act. What Jesus did would usually make Jesus unclean. To touch a leper would make you also unclean. But Jesus flips it, doesn't he? And instead of Jesus being unclean too, Jesus instead makes the man clean too. This morning, do you know what this tells us? This simple story, this amazing story. It tells us what has the most power. This morning, what has the most power? Does sickness have the most power or the cleansing, healing power of Jesus? Can I say that again? What has more power in this story? Is it the sickness or is it the cleansing, healing power of Jesus? The man had an incurable disease and was unclean. He meets Jesus and he asks with faith, and he is healed and he is made clean. Can I tell you this morning, and it's really simple this morning, I want to suggest that nothing has changed since that story. Is there, is there another amen to that? Nothing has changed since that story. Can I tell you this morning, there is still healing. There is still cleansing power in Jesus. There is still salvation. There is still restoration power in Jesus. There is still power over sickness and sin and death in Jesus. Amen. 
You may have come this morning with a need for healing in your life. And I believe that the first step, like the leper, is to just ask in faith. Who knows that's pretty simple? Just to ask in faith. Now I understand sometimes how hard even that step is. And I understand this morning some of you may be even hesitant to ask God for healing. Maybe you've prayed before. Maybe you've prayed before. Maybe you've even prayed many times before and you haven't yet received that healing. You may be hesitant because maybe you've downplayed things. Maybe the healing that you want, you've thought, well, that's not, that's not big enough to take to God. That's just a little minor inconvenience. Maybe you've even thought the opposite of that. Maybe you've thought, well, I'm hesitant to ask God for healing because maybe it's too big for God to heal. Maybe that is beyond God's limits. Let me remind you this again. Leprosy was incurable. There are no limits when it comes to God's healing. Nothing is too small. Nothing is too big. I feel like that should be a Sunday school song. Nothing is too small. Nothing is too big. I wonder this morning, are you willing to test this this morning? I've been watching some testing on drivers with their limits this weekend. There we go. There we go. There's the F1 tie. But this morning together, are we willing to, to test God? If we believe that God has no limits, are we willing to, to test that? I believe that this morning there are some of us who can walk out here in freedom, released. I believe that there are some of us who walked in here, maybe even limping, who might walk out dancing and skipping, right? Who, who thinks that's a good picture? I'll, I might try the skip. I want to test it this morning. I, I, I don't think we need to talk about it anymore. I think it's plain and simple. If, if we ask... We've heard this morning numerous times, if we ask, we have a God who is good and gracious and loving, who is powerful, who can heal, right? If he can heal a man with leprosy, incurable, whatever you have this morning, I believe we have a God who can heal us. Should we, um, I'd like to just pray. And I know we've prayed for it already this morning. We're going to pray it again. We're going to just pray for just that extra measure of faith right now. Uh, I'm just going to ask maybe worship team, if you could just give us a hand for a second. We, we're just going to pray really quickly for an extra measure of faith. When we come together on a Sunday, who comes expectant? I, I want to tell you that like, Every week this year that I've, I've come to church, I've been expecting that God's going to do something new. God's going to do something that might blow us away again. And I believe this morning that we're going to be able to testify to what God has done here this morning as we gather together. 
the, the things that we've prayed for already so many times. Well, this is this morning where we might see God break through, where we might see full healing. So let's pray. Let's pray for that extra measure of faith. God, you are great and good. We thank you that sickness has no power compared to your mighty power, Jesus. Increase our faith. Holy Spirit, stir our faith. Like, like kind of like some burning embers, we ask Holy Spirit that you breathe on that and that it might ignite into flames. That we might be willing to ask again. That we might be willing to ask you, God, for healing in our lives. Holy Spirit, come and do a work. Amen. Amen. Well, we um we are going to spend some time praying for healing for one another this morning. Um, and like sometimes I've been to some some kind of healing meetings before, and we you know we we want to like hype it up and ramp it up, and and there's nothing wrong with that. We want to lift our faith a bit. But this morning we're going to come earnestly before Jesus. Uh, Jesus who, who's, who's like laid His hand on a leper and who was instantly healed and made clean. I believe that same thing can happen today. As we lay hands, as we pray for one another, that we may see healing. Now, when we say healing, who knows that God heals holistically, doesn't He? That He can heal our bodies, but but I believe that God can heal our minds too. That He can heal our attitudes, that those past hurts and scars, that God can even deal with those in these moments. James 5, 14 and 15, James is instructing the church kind of how to, how to do things. And he, and he says this, Are any of you sick? If you are, you should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick and the Lord will make you well. How, how good's that? And if you have committed any sins, you will be forgiven. We're going we're gonna to sing together again this, this song we sang this morning, House of Miracles. But we're going to have a few of us up the front. I've asked a couple of people to just, just help in, in praying for one another this morning. We've got some anointing oil. Uh, can I tell you there's nothing magic in the oil? The oil is just a, a physical symbol of the Holy Spirit's presence. It's used throughout Scripture. So, so if you're willing to, we'll, we'll just kind of put a bit of oil on your forehead and, and pray healing over your life. We talked about um, just a couple of weeks ago about the power of united prayer, didn't we? how we can testify to God's, God's healing in the past. Can, can you remember some of those names? 
Remember some of the people that we've seen healed because we united together in prayer and got healed. So, so can we recount that in our minds a little bit as we pray together this morning? But before we do that, we have a God who through Jesus, Jesus' redemptive work on the cross, who offers us full healing for eternity. Amen. So we, we're going we're gonna to pray for healing in the now. But I, I want you to know that we have a God who offers full healing for eternity. For all who call on the name of Jesus. Revelation 21, 4. Revelation, it, it's kind of talking about when Jesus comes again, creates a new earth, a, a new heaven, a new earth. And it says this about about. Eternity, He says, He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. So we're going to pray for healing in the now. But I want to pray first for eternal healing for, for people in this room. We believe that God's going to heal this morning because He's a loving Father who knows and wants what's best for us. But far greater than just our earthly bodies and minds, God can do a salvation healing work for eternity right now. And I don't want people to miss that first this morning. So I'm going to invite you to just close your eyes in this moment. And this morning, if, if you don't know that work of salvation in your life, where you are, you are certain of, of what eternity looks like. I, I want you to have an opportunity to, to accept that this morning, to, to say that, Jesus, you are Lord, and I want the salvation that you offer. This morning, just with eyes closed, for, you know, be respectful of one another. Just If you want that salvation this morning, you're, you're unsure, but you, you say, yes, Nath, I want that salvation. I just invite you right now, just, just to raise your hand, just for a second, just to say, yes, God, I want that salvation, full healing. Amen. Thank you, God. God, we pray for that salvation to be real today. A healing that goes beyond just earthly things and our bodies, and, uh, but a healing that will last forever. And we praise You and thank You, Jesus, that You did that work for us. And that all we have to do is call on Your name and that we will be saved. Thank You, God. Is there anyone else? Now's the time to... Just raise your hand as a, as a symbol of, I, I choose this, I want this. Great. We thank you, Jesus, for these moments. And as we, as we go, God, we thank you that you're a good God and that you are going to heal this morning, that people are going to be set free. The things that have afflicted and affected us for, for so long will be gone in your name, Jesus. We ask for those, those physical things to be repaired and made whole. The, the Creator of the universe who, who knitted us together in our mother's wombs, You can do that in these moments, God. But we also 
pray, Holy Spirit, for, a, for Your presence in our minds, that You might renew our minds, that we might receive healing in our thoughts. God, we pray right now against depression and anxiety. And we thank You that, Jesus, You are over those things, that You have power over those things. And we pray for healing right now in and through Your name, Jesus, the only name that can save, the only name that can heal. Come and do this work in Your name, Jesus. Amen. Invite you to stand. We're gonna we're gonna sing. Uh, we're gonna have a couple of us out the front. And this morning, if you are wanting healing, don't hesitate. Let's ask for it. Who who wants to experience full restoration, full healing? I, I know I do. So we're going to sing uh, and pray together. Let's do it.